to another episode of Everyday Strong with Dr. Michael G. Daniels. This is your host, C.B. Baker. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have a really uh, good topic today. Um, uh, me and Pastor uh, last week was talking about um, different subjects after we recorded last week's podcast. And one of the things that um, had come up in the conversation was um, how to pray. And I know when you um, when you get baptized, you get saved, sanctified, full of the Holy Ghost. You know, sometimes people leave out that one instruction on how to mm-hmm. pray. So we wanted to cover that subject today. So welcome to the show, Dr. Daniels. Uh, well, thank you, Brother Baker. And um, and to everyone that's uh, either looking at us through um, Facebook and all those who are listening to us, welcome as, as well. Uh, and, and you're right. Um, oftentimes we tell people that prayer changes things. But we don't actually give them um, real, solid, uh, straightforward information on how to pray, what to expect, and 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 how often God wants to hear from us through prayer and, and why prayer works. Uh, and, and also, let me just piggyback on last week as well. Um, you know, we, we talked last week about why do uh, bad things happen to good people. And I got a lot of feedback uh, on, on that. And, and one of the key things that came out of that, too, was, well, Pastor, well, how does that I mean? How then does prayer, in, you know, how, how does that work when bad things are happening to good people? And, right. and how should we be praying if that's a, a part of the design plan? And what should we be praying for? Because most of the time when people pray, uh, 99% of the time it's because something bad is happening right. to good people. Right. <laughs> yeah. And. That's a good point that a lot of times we don't pray until something bad is happening. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. it's, it's funny how um, you know, I wrote through my mental Rolodex here, my memory. I can't remember praying when things was going good. When I won the game, I think when I was playing football, I don't remember um, praying, even though you see a person score a touchdown and they kneel down for prayer. Right. But it's usually just for show. They're not really sitting there saying a long prayer. But it is a good point. Yeah, absolutely. And and so, you know, you have really, um, I guess, various types of prayer, um, and certainly there's no um, consensus on all the different types, all the reasons why people pray, but there's some that are kind of standard, you know, kind of things. Like, for example, uh, we have a prayer of invocation, uh, and a prayer of invocation is usually done when people are trying to invoke the presence of the Holy Spirit. And, and it's really, um, I, I, would, I would gather to say, it's kind of a ceremonial prayer because that presumes that the Holy Spirit is not always present. And, and we know that, you know, Jesus told us that he, he left his spirit with us uh, to be with us, to, to guide and to lead and protect. So it's really more of a ceremonial thing. Uh, then you have an intercessory prayer, and in- intercessory prayer are, uh, is is a prayer that is done um, when I am really um, asking for assistance on behalf of someone. Um, when I'm uh, needing uh, my my Creator to assist someone in something that they're going through, so I'm interceding on their behalf. Uh, then we you know, we have prayer of thanksgiving, uh, obviously, and, and then we have a prayer for guidance uh, and a prayer for assistance. Those kinds of things. Uh, I, I think.
think one of the reasons why people don't pray or they may not call it prayer is because people really don't understand the basic dynamic of prayer and, and, and what really is God looking for. And so even the disciples, when, when they were walking with Christ, realized that they did not understand prayer. Uh, and so one of them asked Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. We see other folk praying. We know that the Pharisees and the Sadducees pray. The rabbis pray. Teach us to pray. And so Jesus gave a simple formula for praying, right? And that's what we call the Lord's Prayer. Uh, and oftentimes people will quote the Lord's Prayer, but really it's a formula. And if you look at the way the Lord's Prayer is broken down, it first starts out by recognizing who I'm praying to, you know, our Father, whom art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And so the first point is that I have to recognize who I am praying to and the the authority or the awesomeness of of um, of what he's able to do. And if you if you look at it in that way, uh, and then the next stage of the prayer is where the person is is a, gives a sense of thanksgiving for what God has already done. He also recognizes that um, even though God is uh, great, that it is not my will I really want in my life, but God, what is your will for me? Because after all, you know more than I know, and, and, and you are the supreme uh, being. And, and what I'm looking for is not wealth for the sake of wealth, but I'm looking for needs for my daily living, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, and, I'm you know, so... And if you think about it in that way, it kind of gives you a good formula. So first of all, anytime I pray, I need to to, to distinguish who I'm talking to. Uh, so it is evident that I'm talking to my Heavenly Father. Just like if your child walks in this room right now and they say, can I have a dollar? Right. We need to know which one of us they're talking to. Right. <laughs> and so they're going to say, Dad, can I have a dollar? They've distinguished it. So right now we know who's going to be the one that they're looking to respond. Uh, but when they call you dad, it also recognizes the authority level you have and the awesomeness. And so they're, they're giving you that reverence. Right. And so we want to always, you know, be able to recognize that because uh, not that God needs us to stroke his ego per se. Uh, but, you know, you, you always want to acknowledge how wonderful God is. And then you also want to thank him for the things he have done. Um, it's just like, again, if you look at when your child talks to you, uh, if your child starts off by begging, you know, and you know you're already giving them everything they need, <laughs> right. uh, your first thought is, you know, every time you talk to me, the only thing you do is beg from me. Right. So you kind of want your child to at least acknowledge their relationship and the mm -hmm. closeness and, and thankfulness that they're your child. And it's the same thing when we talk to God. You know, before we start to begging, we need to just let him know how thankful we are for all he has done, how great he is, and how much we recognize his awesomeness, because he is an awesome God and he has done wonders for us. And then once we get through that, we need to recognize that we may not have been perfect because the same thing. You want your children to recognize when they're talking to you um, if they've done something wrong, if they've done something that you didn't like, if that's why you didn't give them something extra, then, you know, you want them to come to you with that kind of thought and say, you know, Dad, I know I didn't do everything you asked me to do. Right. Uh, but can you forgive me? Because I really do want, not I need, but I really do want that dollar. Right. Uh, you know, and so it's the same thing with our Heavenly Father. We need to acknowledge 
Lord, that we may have done error, we may have erred, but we want to be forgiven for those errors. You know, forgive us our sins as we have forgiven the sins of others, you know, those who have trespassed against us. And then we must be willing to actually to forgive them folk of those sins too, you right. know, to say, the, to say the least. And then once you've done that, then one of the final things you want to do is then ask for what you what you what you want because you first have to go through the other things so that you can recognize who God is in your life and let him you know let God know not, not that he doesn't know because he knows everything but to show him that you are aware of what he requires of you I would have to also say this is huge Mm-hmm. For all the all the things that we've talked about over, this is our sixteenth, um, I believe, um, episode that we've done together, and I have never heard anybody tell me that the Lord's prayer was the formula of how prayer should be. Mm-hmm. Ah. Right. So that for I, I can't mm-hmm. speak for everybody else that's sure. in the listening audience, but that's the first time I've heard that. And and after you've mapped it out and broke it down, it makes perfect sense. So that's a very good, easy formula to follow for. I will be using that tonight, mm-hmm. making sure <laughs> it might also explain why some stuff reached the destination and some stuff didn't. But mm-hmm. I, I, I get it. You know, one thing you mentioned that um, is. I know when I have gotten older that me and my father's conversations, not God, my mm-hmm. actual dad, mm-hmm. is um, changes. Right. You know, you feel like, okay, I'm now I'm grown. Mm-hmm. You know, do you think people have the same type of relationship with God? Like when you've been saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost for so long, let's say you're 10, 15 years saved. Do you think the conversation changes a little bit? With in the dynamics are similar to as when you're a child with your actual dad versus you're being a child in faith, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know, an infant in the whole uh, dynamics of things. Does that is it similar? Do you see that happening a lot with people? I would say yes, most definitely. And, and I, you know, for example, um, when you are a child, you rare. I mean, you, you don't talk to your parent. Um, as much just for general conversation, you know, mm-hmm. it's usually to get something from them, mm-hmm. you know, or to tell them something specific. As you get older, you tend to talk to your parent as if, you know, just to discuss things on a, you know, about what's happening in, in the, in the business world or, you know, it's a more of a relaxed kind of conversation. You, you know, you said talking as peers, but it's really not as peers because we right. still recognize our parent as the right. parent, right. but it's a more relaxed conversation. It's kind of like a friend talking to a friend kind of thing. And, and, and so similarly, when we are, um, The more you 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 you, your faith grows, the more you become um, comfortable with with um, with 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 your your belief system, and and the more you become comfortable with um, with God. I think what happens for most of us is that now our conversations, our prayers are not just a you know get up in the morning prayer. It's not just a you know, let me thank God for my food prayer. It's not just a, you know, give me, you know, when I go to bed at night prayer, it becomes conversational prayer then. So when I'm, when I get up in the morning, you know, 
I'm having a conversation with my God now. Right. I'm really having a literal conversation. And the beauty of it is because I am so in tune with my God that now I, I, I don't have to wait for the response because the response touches my heart as I'm talking to God. So it becomes a real conversation. It's a real dynamic now. And so because of that, I can now seek guidance for every day and everything I do. Because mm-hmm. I'm not just waiting for the sky to open up anymore, right. you know, because I'm in tune with him now. And so now I can wake up in the morning and say, Lord, hey, it's me again. I know you're tired of hearing from me, but I'm back. I'm back. And here's my dilemma. I got to do this today. I got to do this today. I got to do this today. I need help. I need you to let me know what's, what's my priority. Let me know what I should do. Da, 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 da. And I'm having this conversation and the Lord is entering into my spirit and giving me my answers in real time, right. in, in real time of, of what to do. So it's like you say, it's like I'm talking, you know, uh, as I'm talking with a parent. Now, uh, the difference between me talking to him and talking to a parent, uh, with my parent, I may try to give advice. With God, I'm not trying to give advice, but I am qu- asking him something in a way that I still want him to move in a certain way. So like right. if you parent, you might say, hey, listen, you know, you need to take and take your money and invest it over here. But I can't tell God to invest something over here. But I can say to God, you know what, Lord, this person over here, I think, needs your attention. <laughs> so can you go see about them? Because they're right. about to drive me crazy. Right. They're driving you crazy, you know, and so forth and so on. Now, let me ask you a question. Um, mm-hmm. Does how does prayer for another person work? I know we you know, you we have um, intercessory prayer, I guess mm-hmm. is what you call it. And at church. And you say, okay, pray for these people, like the sick and shut in, and we pray. Mm-hmm. So how does that actually work? Okay. Well, you know, the, the Bible says that if we can, if we touch and agree that we can, um, we, we have the, the force through our prayer to bind things in heaven and they'll be bound on earth, to bind things on earth and they'll be bound in heaven. And so what that says is that through prayer, we can move the heart of God. You know, we can move it. And so intercessory prayer is just my moving the heart of God to to act on someone else's behalf who may not have the faith that I have. And again, it's, it would be no different than if you knew I was in a financial bind, let's say. Uh, but what you also know is your father and I don't have the kind of relationship where your father would try to get me out of a financial bind because right. he doesn't have a vested interest in me right. not surviving, but he does in you. And he has a vested interest in how you feel. So if you were to approach your dad with tears in your eyes and you said, I really need you to help Michael. I just, I really need you to help him because he's just an important part of my life and I can't see him go down can you please help him this one last time? Your dad will feel your heart and right. not want to see you feeling bad. So he would help me out, not because of me, but because of you. Right. Intercessory prayer works the same way. It's that God is moving because I am a child of his and he doesn't want to see me hurt. And he knows that I'm praying for you because I feel like your pain is my pain, you know. And, and so it's to keep me from having that pain. He will take care of you so I can feel better. So in order for it, no, I'm, let's get, I'm on some clarification. In order for the prayer to work, should I feel the same feeling as your, your pain in order for the prayer to, to actually work? If I must have empathy. Right. I must have empathy. I must have compassion. 
Because if I'm not praying, here's what the scripture says, that um, the, the Bible says that that the when we are praying, that the effervent, effectual, effervent, effectual prayers of the saints availeth, availeth much, which indicates that my prayer has to demonstrate that I have the passion or compassion, you know, in order for it to be effective. Right. So if I'm praying for someone, but really I'm just doing it out of um, tradition, let's say, right. let's say you call me up and say, hey, look, can you pray for for the brother? Because the brother just, you know, he be losing his mind. He ain't where he ought to be. And I just say, OK. And I go down on being and say, Lord, help the brother because, you know, the brother losing his mind. Right. I really have no real care. I'm just opening up my mouth and talking. Well, if your child came to you like that and asked you to help somebody else, would you help? <laughs> right. No, <laughs> no, no, we're not. There's, there's no need. So in order for, that's why the Bible says effectual fervent prayer is that, you know, if I'm going to ask God for something on your behalf, then I need to have, number one, have empathy. I need to know, the, feel the need. I need to be able to feel the need. I need to have compassion because I'm trying to, I, I have to feel it enough to, to want to do something about it. And the Lord knows that in my heart. So why would the Lord move if my heart is not really there? And if I'm not praying based on compassion, my heart isn't in it. And so the Bible said, he, he who searches the hearts. So he's searching my heart and he's responding to my heart's prayer. A lot of people prayers answers don't get met in prayer. Is because they don't pray with their heart; they pray with their head. Mm-hmm. You know, prayer is not like you know, um, just something to do. It is you're really communicating with God. You're communicating with God, and it's it's just like you and I are communicating. You know, when if I'm asking you for something, if I really need it or not, right? And if I'm just coming to you asking for something, you think you don't need that. Right. You're less likely to give it to me. But if you really feel my anguish when I'm asking for it, if you really feel the need, then you're more apt to go ahead and say, here it is. Now, you're just a human being. Right. And, and you'll feel it. And that's what the Bible says about us. Um, as a matter of fact, Jesus said, if we who are unjust won't give our child a stone if he asks for bread, then in your heavenly father more loving than you are. And so he does things based on that, that, that heartfelt request. And, and, and let me give you one quick, one more quick example. There is a, a text in the Bible that talks about a woman and an unjust judge. And the woman goes to the judge and she pleads with the judge to avenge her of someone who's done her wrong. Mm-hmm. And the judge keeps pushing her off. The woman comes back the next day the judge pushes her off. The woman comes back the next day. The judge pushes her off. And so she keeps coming back day after day. And finally, the judge says to the woman, listen, let me explain something to you. I have no regard for your situation, nor do I have any fear of man, nor do I have any regard for your God. But because you keep bothering me, I'm sick of you coming here day after day. I'm going to honor your request. Right. And so Jesus says, consider that as the example, is that this woman came with compassion. This woman came with passion. This woman came with a fervent uh, request. 
and she decided she wasn't going to give up. So it was evident to the unjust judge that what that woman needed was pressing to her. Right. And so he says, your heavenly father is the same way, you know, uh, in how he responds to us. So he says, if an unjust judge will respond based on your passion, based on your fervent request, then why wouldn't God do the same thing? The problem with us when we pray oftentimes is we don't pray with a feeling that God really would do it. Ooh. This woman came to the judge with a feeling that he not only would, but he could right. do it. And because she wouldn't have kept coming back if right. she didn't think he could and would do it. That's right. And, and so when we're praying, we have to pray with that attitude that I know he can and I know he will. And that's that's all faith is, is I know he can and I know he will. And, and, and if you come like that with God, uh, the scripture says, you can tell the mountain get up and the mountain will get out of your way. Now, this reminds me of um, a sermon that you are preaching. Now, now I'm, I'm about to butcher this, okay? Mm-hmm. So, the, so <laughs> the audience, just, just bear with me. It was one of the stories that you had told that was in the Bible and that you talked about with Jesus on the boat and and people was praying multiple times. And he said, it's already done. Why are you coming back here? Mm-hmm. You know, so... How do we know to stop praying for something? Okay. Or, or, or how do we know when to stop, when to keep going, when to stop? Like, where is the the sweet spot, so to speak? Well, I, I, you know, um, here's the thing, and 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 and, and you, you butchered it a little bit. So let me let okay. me, me unbutcher it. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I I think the scenario you're talking about is when Jesus. Uh, got on the boat with the, the disciples and the storm brewed, the storm was brewing and he was laying in the back of the boat. Right. And one of the disciples gets up and he says to Jesus, Lord, careth thou not that we perish? And so Jesus, he rebukes them and his reasoning for rebuking them, he's like, you know, you, you saw all the miracles I have done. And so why would you not understand or accept that, hey, number one, I'm in the boat, so it's going to be all right. right. And, and two, um, God wouldn't bring a storm to kill you anyway. And, and I've already taught you how to do things. So why aren't you responding yourself? Right. And then he, of course, just rebukes the storm. The winds die down, the storm erases and goes down. So his rebuke to them was for a couple of reasons. One is because they forgot who was on the boat with them, per se. And they said, Lord, carest thou not that we perish? His point to them was, wait a minute, I'm, I'm taking care of you anyway. I'm always taking care of you. Just because you're in a storm don't mean I'm not taking care of you. So it doesn't mean for them not to ask you know, you can always pray. It's just a reminder that if the Lord is satisfying your needs, then the question is, why are you afraid? That was the thing. Why are you afraid when you're going through if when you're going through, you are still getting what you need? Right. And so therefore, I mean, I'm not saying you don't pray, but I'm just saying, hey, that prayer is already being answered, you know, because the question is not whether I'm going through, but whether I'm surviving what I am going through. Right. And if I'm surviving, what am I praying for? You know, why? Right. I'm already surviving. Um, the Bible, Jesus says that, I mean, there's some people that would say this. To pray often means I lack faith because if I believe it, I'll ask for it one time. Right. Jesus said, well, if I pray more than once, it still means I have faith because if I didn't think God would do it, I wouldn't keep asking. Right. You know, 
And so there is not, I guess, when one would say, is there a sweet spot when you're asking? Because that almost presumes I only pray because I'm begging. I guess that's the point I'm making, right. is that I'm telling people to pray just to beg is not what God wants from you. You know, prayer is conversation with God. I think that's what we forget. Prayer is conversation with God. Just for example, before I came over here, I called my mother up uh, just to see how she was doing. Didn't expect the conversation to go as long as it did, but it did because she was just glad to hear from me. Right. You know, glad to hear from you. Conversation keeps going. Well, God wants to hear from us. Right. Not just to beg, but to hear from us, to recognize. So we should be praying just to say, Lord, hi, hey, you know, you, I'm talking just to let you know, Lord, I, I love you. I'm still here. I may not be the best I can be, but I'm still striving, you know, just to check in with the Lord, just to let, you know, just, just to say, I'm thanking you, Father. You woke me up this morning. I appreciate that. It doesn't have to be any special, long, drawn out, you know, a shaking the walls kind of prayer. It's just, I'm thankful that you woke me up. I'm glad to see another day. Lord, I got a lot of things ahead of me. You know, I need your guidance. Right. Uh, watch over me. Keep me, you know, so forth and so on. And, and, and you keep going. <clears throat> and so if you pray that way on a daily basis, then you don't have to pray, Lord, get me out of the ditch. Right. Because right. you won't get in the ditch as much. Right. Now, if I do get in the ditch, then you can pray one time. And if I, you believe God will get you out of the ditch, God will get you out of the ditch. The problem is that people don't keep praying because they don't necessarily believe God can get them out the ditch. They keep playing, praying because they don't like the process God uses to get them out the ditch. Right, right. And so they keep thinking that somehow he ought to just levitate them out. <laughs> right. And they shouldn't have to climb up the muddy wall. Right. Uh, but the, sometimes that's what happens. So that's why I'm saying if if my needs are getting met during the prayer, I mean, you can always keep praying, but pray differently. If I'm in the ditch and my knees are getting met and I see myself coming out the ditch, don't keep begging God, Lord, I got a foot to go. Lord, get me out of here. I got six inches to go. Lord, get me out of here. Right. I know I'm getting out. Right. It's just slower than what I want. So reverse the prayer. Lord, I thank you for the last six inches you got me through. Right. Lord, I thank you for the last three inches you got me through. I thank you for giving me the strength to keep moving forward because he's already answered your prayer. It's just not with the speed that you want it. Now, I got another question for you. Um, now, let's get down to the the other basics of prayer. Um, is it required for my eyes to be shut? Is it required for me to be on bended knee? Is it um, required that, um, that I have a vision of what I'm praying for, you know, when I'm praying? Mm-hmm. Um, because you mentioned a conversation. That's the reason I'm asking this question uh, about what is re- like, what's the mm-hmm. very basic requirement? Do we have to be on bended knee? Do we have to have closed eyes and, and our right. hands folded together right. like how you see in the pictures? Right. And g- great questions. Great questions. And I had those same questions early on myself. And the answer to all of those questions is no. Um, the, the reason why we do certain things are based on tradition, that we, you know, being prostrate or being on bended knee, having hands closed, having eyes closed. It, it, it really is kind of based on tradition. Um, it presupposes that the, that, 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 um, 
God only wants a conversation with us in in one environment, you know. Right. And, and, and I mean, for example, <clears throat> the Bible says, watch and pray, watch and pray. Uh, that's what Jesus told his disciples, watch and pray. I can't watch with my eyes closed. <laughs> right. So it was letting us know right then and there that uh, that that's not a requirement. The other thing is, is that the, the kneeling down is a, is a recognition of reverence, a recognition of respect. It's just a recognition of God. I'm paying you, you know, I'm, 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 I'm putting you first in my life. And so, um, can I pray standing up? Absolutely. Do I have to kneel down? No, I don't. Uh, but there are times when I want to just honor God so much and let God know. Just, you know. To me, it's going to depend on where I'm praying. If I'm praying a prayer of thanksgiving, then I may want to kneel down because I may want to just show the Lord that, you know, I'm just so thankful. I honor you so much that I, I want to be in a, a, a prostration to, 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 to kind of recognize your awesomeness. <clears throat> but by the same token, if, if I'm in trouble, right. I, you know, then and if I'm, let's say if I'm, you know, in the process, I'm talking to someone on my job and and, and, and right now I feel my temperature rising. You know, <laughs> I'm, right. it's getting ready to get to that point. Well, I'm not going to just go down on bended knee right there in the office environment, but right. I am going to pray. You know, I am going to say, Lord, you know, I need you right now. I, I need you to guide me. I, I need you to, to, to calm me uh, because, Father, I want to represent you. Right. You, you know, so I'm going to stay where I'm at. And that prayer may not even be audible. That's right. going, you know, that's going to be something that I'm going to utter up through my spirit. And not with an open, you know, not with an open mouth. So there is no one right way to to um, um, to connect uh, per se, but there is a, a a formula, as I mentioned, that that gives us, I guess. Um, and again, even with that, it's not the only way to pray. It's just the model, and that's right. why it's called the model prayer. Right. Uh, and just like all models, it, it kind of gives you guideline. But that doesn't mean that there are not uh, exceptions to to every rule. Right. Now, we've all heard that there is um, a great power in the tongue mm-hmm. for uh, speaking it into existence, so to speak, or speaking positively or negative, you mm-hmm. know, things. And they tend to happen. Is in prayer, if we say it out loud, does it add an extra um, stank on it? Like, you know, we put an extra stamp on it, like there it right. is, you know, versus doing it internally. Uh, there's nothing biblically that would suggest that now. Uh, and and I'll, I'll say it this way. <clears throat> that presupposes that 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 God does not search the heart. Now, and, and clearly the scripture, that's what the Bible says, is right. that God searches the heart, not that God searches the tongue. Right. <laughs> you know, um, now Jesus did say that what comes out of the mouth is what was already in the heart. Right. And so what Jesus is saying is, is that the audible this, the audible noise that that comes out is a representation of what's on the inside. So what we say is what we feel. 
but that doesn't mean that what I feel is less important. As a matter of fact, there's some folk that pray fervently and their heart is saying something totally different. Right. You know, for example, let's say we're at church and I call a deacon down. I say, deacon, come on down and, and put up a word of prayer for us right quick. But last night, the deacon and his wife were just scrapping like cats and dogs. Right. Now, when he's praying, he's going to be praying so that the congregation can hear him because that's really what he's doing. Right. He's praying so they can hear him and so they can get involved. Because if he was really praying just for the Lord, his prayer wouldn't even be about the congregation. Right. His prayer would be about him. His prayer would be about what he did. And Lord, forgive me. And, and Lord, mend my marriage. And, you know, so forth and so on. Right. But now, don't get me wrong. The intercessory part is a great part. But before I can intercede on your behalf, I got to get it right on my behalf. And so that's why I'm saying the audible part is great only if it matches my heart. But the key is not what I say. The key is what's in my heart. Right. So basically... um, what you're saying is when you, you wake up every morning, you say, okay, I thank God for waking me up and get, mm-hmm. putting breath into this body. After a while, this starts to get to be routine. So you're not really, you're just saying it, you know, you get up, go to the bathroom, do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Then you, you know, get dressed, go off to work. And you say, well, I did say a prayer this morning, but did you really say a prayer this morning? Right. Did you, did you mean it again? You know, you got to look at it the way you look at things, you know, if 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 your child says the same thing to you every day, based on how they say it, it's whether or not you know they mean it. You know, right. and it's the same thing. You know, the Bible says we're made in God's own image, which means some of the same characteristics we have, He have, just not to the same extent. So the Lord knows. Again, He knows your heart, and the Lord knows. You know, when you wake up, really thankful. You know, and when you wake up, not thankful. Right. You know, and I can tell you at my age, I'm wake up every day thankful. <laughs> I'm just thankful every day that right. I wake up. And the Lord knows I'm thankful every day. Right. So he knows that in my heart I'm thankful. Uh, now, even when I go to sleep at night, there are some prayers that I pray and I pray that, that are pretty much the same prayer every night. You know, for example, uh, I, I, I I never leave out the Enoch Baptist Church congregation when I'm praying. And I never leave them out, you know. And, 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 and I don't think God is tired of hearing me pray for them either. I never leave, leave them out. But this is what uh, the deal is, is that, that in my heart, you know, I have a heart for the people. And so the Lord knows that when I'm praying for the people, you know, that that compassion is there. I, I really don't want to see our people. I don't want to see anyone hurting, but have a special compassion for members of the church. And I don't want to see them going through any pain. I don't want to see them hurting. So my prayer for them, even though it's not by individual, but it's collectively. But my prayer is fervent. My prayer is compassionate. My prayer uh, un- recognizes the empathy that I have for them. I believe God honors that prayer. Uh, and it's not always audible. Oftentimes it's not audible because right. usually when I go to bed, my wife is doing something different. You know, she may be watching TV right. and I'm praying right. and she don't necessarily know I'm praying, but that doesn't mean my prayer is sincere. It's still right. a sincere, effectual, fervent prayer. And I haven't opened my mouth at one point in time. And when I get up in the morning, if I'm home by myself, sometimes it's out loud. And sometimes 
It's not. Right. Um, because if God only heard the prayers of those who could speak, it would mean if I had a speech impediment, mm-hmm. he wouldn't be able to hear my prayer. Right. That's a very good point. And it's um, a very good point. It reminded me, you gave the example of uh, praying at night and it, it, it gave me the, made me remember I used to pray, uh, still say this prayer over my food. Said, Lord, thank you for the food I'm about to eat. And may it not add any weight that I do not need on my body. (laughs) (laughs) Lord, it's true, right? Right. I literally, when I said that the first month when I was doing, I added a little part of it about the weight Mm -hmm. loss day. And I actually started losing weight no matter what I ate. Mm -hmm. But now I now understand why it stopped. Because I got it got I didn't believe it or the, and the compassion the, compassion, the, the, right. the, the sense, I guess the sincerity right after a while the sincerity may have left because after a while we do stuff based on routine right and and that's the thing the routine has to go the sincerity has to stay and if the sincerity stays then the answer then, then God continually you know does what He does now you know Jesus did say this now He says don't tempt the Lord thy God. So, in other words, what he was saying basically was this. Just because you know God will don't mean that you should do something that you know goes contrary to the laws of nature. Right. You know, just to tempt God to do it. So, you know, because he's saying, again, that would be no different than if your child, if you gave you were giving your child money to say, listen, this is your lunch money. And your child, rather than buying lunch with it, you know, they, they take the money and they, you know, I don't know, buy candy. Right. And right. they come back and say, Dad, I don't have any lunch money. Now, you're not going to be happy about that because right. you told him this was your lunch money. And so that's what Jesus is saying. Don't tempt the Lord thy God. Don't, don't do things that you know go against common sense, go against human nature, go against the way he has created the world to respond and then come back and beg him to say, Lord, you know, fix it up. Don't, don't dive off the top of the house and say, Lord, don't let me die. Right. Basically, that's what he's saying. And, and so from, from that aspect, um, uh, I'm, I'm just saying that, you know, that's the other thing that we have to consider is that if I'm asking the Lord to like, you know, for example, if, if I'm asking the Lord to, um, uh, to, to help me maintain my blood pressure, let's say, you know, right. cause I, you know, I, I do have an issue with, um, with, um, a hypertension and, and it runs in my family. So now I can't just say that Lord help my blood pressure. Lord, hit my blood pressure and never exercise. All right. Eat all the salt in the world. And then you go, you go to Roger Brown's and get two, right. du- two pork chops and right. the collard greens right. with loaded with salt. Right. Get the blooming <laughs> onion from, um, right. you know, from um, Outback right. and this kind right. of thing. Lord, help my blood pressure. You know, no, you know, if I'm going to be praying about it, I have to be also doing something because um, God is not going to go against himself just to help me. Right. You, you know, unless it's out of my ignorance that I'm doing it, then he will, he, you know, he, the, 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 the history teaches us if it happens out of ignorance, then it will be a difference. But if I'm purposefully saying, you know, Lord, help me and I'm doing everything I want to do anyway, then that would be rewarding me for bad behavior. And why would God reward me for bad behavior? So are you saying that if once I know better, and I choose not to be better. Mm-hmm. Is it then on me? I can't, I can't ask for a guidance or help after that. You, you can ask for guidance, but if you are choosing to do, here's the thing. Let's say, for example, I'm a married man. Well, I am a married man, but let's say you, you're a married man, 
And you know, as a married man, you should not have a girlfriend on the side. Right. But, you know, there's this young lady that works in the office and she's just, I mean, she's not just a 10. She's an 11. She just, she just, <laughs> right. she just defies right. the scale. Right. right. And so you come home and you're like, Lord, I sure would like to take her out. Now you're praying for him to help you commit adultery. Right. That, 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 that ain't going to work. That ain't going to work. That's what I'm saying. So the other point is that if you know to do better, if you know it's wrong, you can't pray for the prayer. You, you can pray, but the Lord ain't going to help you. Right. The Lord's not going to help you do wrong. <laughs> He's not going to help you do the things that are not within. That's why I say his own order. And so similarly, he's not going to help me do things when I know it's not the right thing to do, because Lord, if he does, that's rewarding bad behavior. Right. And if I, if he rewards bad behavior, I'm going to think my behavior is right. Right. So I'm going to keep doing it. It would be no difference if, you know, if your child came in here and took a pen and pencil and just start writing on the walls. Right. Which has happened. And, right, right. And then and you're going to go to him and say, hey, that's a good job. Here go five dollars. Right. Because you don't want to yeah. reward that behavior. <laughs> no, it's definitely not going to happen. Yeah. So now going back to the scenario with, with the, the lady in the office. Now, let's flip it a little bit where if you had been sleeping with the lady in the office mm-hmm. and then you prayed to, you know, Lord, help me out of the situation. I, I know I'm doing wrong. This is not right. And he does, it, the lady quits the job, moves to California. You mm-hmm. don't see it no more. It, mm-hmm. the, the, the issue is gone. Right. So to speak, but then two, three months later, you meet somebody else and you start finally in the same predicament. Right. So now when I go back to pray to Lord, you know what? Help me out of this situation again. Well, here's the thing. You, 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 two things I would say this. The Lord helped you out, but you as an individual prayed the wrong prayer. Now, that doesn't mean that the Lord didn't help you out. Right. That didn't mean you didn't understand what the Lord was trying to tell you, but you prayed the wrong prayer. Because that would say, I didn't need to pray the Lord to get rid of the woman. I need to pray the Lord will take away from me. There you go. This inability to control myself. So now would the Lord help me out the second time? Um, you know, the, the Lord does, um, un- fortunately for us, the right. Lord does accept that we can be right foolish, that we can be rather foolish. The difference is this. This is what the Bible says. A wise man will take reproof, but a fool needs many stripes. So the first time the Lord will probably just do what you said, you know, or may do what you said. The woman may quit the job or circumstance may happen so that we're no longer working together. The second time, something calamitous will happen in your life right. to force you not to be with the woman. Right. Because as the Bible says, a fool requires many stripes. So the second time, it may be something that has to happen, you know, that is cause you some pain right. for the situation to break up. And hence the reason why bad things happen to good people. To good people. Because oftentimes, you know, the, you know, the, as Jesus said this, uh, um, those I love, I chase and rebuke. Means that, you know, I will whoop you every once in a while. Right. Which, uh, which I mean, we all need. Hey, it's a terrible thing. The Bible says it's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of a living God. In other words, it's saying that, hey, you know, again, it's like your child. You love your child. And right. that's why you punish your child. You don't punish your child to give them pain. You punish your child to change behavior. 
And so if I, if I have a bad behavior and I'm praying, Lord, help me out of the situation, help me out of the situation. Well, the Lord knows this. If I'm praying for him to get me out, that means I don't have the fortitude to take myself out. Right. Because otherwise I don't need to pray. All I got to do is tell the woman, hey, listen, this is wrong. I'm married. You know, I, we can't keep doing this. But if I can't do that, that means I need to, my behavior needs to be changed. Right. So the Lord's going to do something to cause my behavior to change. And that's what punishment is for, to change behavior. Yeah. And then that's the, and that's the moment when then you come to me. And mm-hmm. say, CB, man, I need, I, need, I need to talk. I need to vent about some things. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. And then I look at you straight in your face and like, why did you even do that? Right. You right. know, it's like, it, it was funny, uh, Pastor, it's like a lot of times your issues that you have mm-hmm. be just common sense to the other person. Because mm-hmm. you, cause when you're going through it, you, you're going through it, so you can't see the obvious thing, the obvious solution right there in your face. You know, everything you're saying is, is so true. And, 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 and because here's the thing. Here's what a, a wise woman said to me, and she happens to be my mother. She said that the Bible is simply a book about ordinary people living ordinary lives, making ordinary mistakes, serving an extraordinary God. Just that simple. Now, we are told that we should learn from others' mistakes mm-hmm. rather than our own. So the Bible gives me all the mistakes that anybody can make. If you look at the Bible, it represents any mistake anybody can make. Right. It also gives us how God punished those who made the mistakes and so forth and so on. So you're right. So for most of us, anything we can do has already been done. And so it is common sense of how not to do it, <laughs> right. you know, or what to do. We just don't, you know, respond that way. And, and so, and, and, and prayer is this really is, is the same way is that how to pray is really innate within us. We just don't listen to the spirit in us to pray. Uh, here's, in, in the book of Romans, here's what's said that oftentimes we don't know what to pray for as we ought. So the Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings and utterings that God himself recognizes that we don't recognize. And so basically that says that the Spirit that has been left behind is always praying for you once you accept Christ as your personal Savior. Because Jesus knew that you ain't got sense enough. I say you, but you know, all of right. us, and, you know, we don't have sense enough to really pray for what we should be praying for. You know, like you say, what should be common sense. So the spirit is always praying on our behalf for us, making intercession for us because we should be praying every day. Lord, I just think you're waking me up, but we don't. Right. We should be praying every day. Lord, give me guidance, but we don't. We should be praying Every day, Lord, I'm thankful for this house I live in, but we don't. I'm thankful I didn't get killed when I was driving home, but we don't. Right. I'm thankful I didn't get shot, but we don't. You know, I'm thankful when I went to the dentist that he cleaned his instruments, 
(laughs) (laughs) But but we don't. Right. I'm thinking, you know, there's so many things that we should be saying. I'm thankful we don't. You go to the restaurant, you pray over the food. But it ain't a real prayer. It's just one of them, you know, let me throw it out here and say something. Right. You don't know who washed their hands. Yeah. You don't know where the food came from. You don't know who sneezed on the food before they brought it out. Right. None of this stuff. But we don't get those sincere prayers. But the Holy Spirit is praying for us. Because even though you don't know who sneezed on the food, the Holy Spirit does. Yeah. And so the Spirit is sending that prayer on your behalf. Or when you're driving, let's say when you're driving down the road and and the traffic is slow and you think you're mad because you don't know why the traffic is slow. And then you read or you hear in the news later on that there was a five car pile up down, down the way. Right, and right. so you got slowed down so you wouldn't be in the pile up. Right. And you didn't know you should have prayed, but somebody right. prayed for you, fortunately. Yeah, yeah I know um, anybody that's had food poisoning. Mm-hmm. I, I tell people real quick, you find Jesus real fast. Oh, yeah. When you yeah. got food poisoning, you know, fast oh, yeah. and quick. And, and you'll be compassionate when, you, when you're saying, Lord, please let make this stop. Fast, quicker than the hair. I can tell you that. <laughs> I, 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 I can empathize with that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Pastor, that we're coming to the close of the uh, podcast. Is there anything else that you would like to mention about prayer that we haven't talked about? Uh, I would just say to people who are praying, don't try to pray like your pastor. Don't try to pray like your deacon. Pray like you. You know, God wants to hear from you. You don't have to be, you know, long words. Jesus said, you know, there are people who think when they pray that by long words, by repetition, that that's what's going to get their prayer through. God knows your heart already. God understands plain English, and you don't have to go and try to use these long words that sound eloquent, this kind of thing. Just ask for what you want. Be thankful for what you've gotten, and, and know that God will supply you everything. All right, thank you, Pastor. This is Joe C.B. Baker. Till next time.